folks, 13 to 3 here with our guest representing USA at the World University Games, Coach Matt Lowen, Connor Schmoll, and Quinn Green. This episode is sponsored by State Farm Insurance, Hertel Law, Raleigh's Coach Club, Riverside Bike and Skate, and Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, which has been committed to the healthcare needs of patients in Western Wisconsin since 1954. Mogi. Oh, we're so excited to have you guys here uh, meeting with us. Uh, three guys from our own backyard here in Eau Claire. This is very exciting for us. We've known Coach Lohn forever, and uh, you know he was lucky enough or, or blessed enough to get on this University Games staff, which is very cool. Congratulations, Coach, and Thank you. also congratulations on your second time on our uh, our podcast. And guys, we're just we're interested to hear your story, and uh, just we're so excited for it. Congratulations on the silver medal. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, going to uh, second time guest, Coach Lohan, Tell us a little bit about the University Games and how did you get the honor of being selected as one of the coaches? Yeah, I guess, uh, honestly, uh, getting a call from uh, Coach Coglin from St. Norbert this summer, this past summer, I learned about the University Games. I uh, didn't really know know about it, to be honest with you. So I uh, did a little more research, and, you know, it's basically the Olympics for college students. Uh, you have to be enrolled in and pursuing a degree in college to to qualify for it. So you know, technically it is amateurs. Uh, however, Team Canada had some former professional players, but uh, most, uh, I would say probably 98, 99% of the athletes there were amateurs. Um, so just, uh, yeah. So I think the, the conversation with, uh, with our D3 coaches was, would you let your, your top players go? You know, because we wanted to, to, to construct a Division three all-star team. And, you know, the biggest question was, you know, are you going to be okay without your, you know, your top players for two, possibly four games if we make the medal round? So we called around to the Western coaches and most, uh, most, a lot of positive feedback. Uh, so we sent that back to Bill Beanie, who was the GM of our team. And, uh, he coached at Middlebury for, uh, many, many years and won seven national championships there. So, uh, he's, uh, he's very, uh, familiar with Lake Placid and, and the Eastern, uh, way. So, uh, we decided that, that it was going to happen. And, uh, that, that's how I knew. And then I got a call, uh, probably at the end of August from Mark Taylor, who is a head coach of Hobart. Uh, and he expressed interest of me being on his staff for, for the tournament and immediately called Mr. Schumacher and asked him if it was all right, uh, for me to do that. And then my next call was coach Thorpe to uh, make sure he was okay with me leaving and him in charge of the team for two weeks. and uh, Was that know. a scary phone call? <laughs> yeah, it was, actually. Uh, we actually had uh, Stevens Point on our schedule the Wednesday, uh, the 17th of January, and he, he said, I'll do it if you reschedule that game. So I ended up uh, calling Coach Krieger over at Point, and it worked out. So, um, But, yeah, so that that's kind of how that transpired, and, and obviously, I accepted the position, and and the rest is history. So you talk about an all-star team coach. Um, how how were the how were the players selected? Yeah, so we had uh, myself, uh, Mark Taylor, Jack Siglarski uh, uh, from uh, Middlebury, and uh, Mike Skidzinski. Two two tough last names there. I won't <laughs> let you guys. I won't uh, have you guys repeat those. But uh, th- th- that was our coaching staff. So we had uh, we started. You know doing some phone calls in October, uh, some Zoom calls, discussing players, making a list. 
but we also wanted players that were playing good at the time. Um, and, you know, we were concerned with injuries as well. So, you know, we didn't want to put a list together and then all of a sudden half of them uh, aren't playing well or they're hurt or uh, so we, we, we did a lot of, a lot of video, a lot of, a lot of, uh, watching games, uh, you know, to see who was, who was playing well at the time and just kept kind of knocking our list off, uh, you know, each, each call into, into November, mid November. And then later November, we, we, uh, came up with a list of 35, uh, guys. And then, uh, last week in November, we knocked her down to 30 and then we, we had to come up with 23 by, I think it was December 6th. No, it was December 12th. We had to get to 23 guys. So uh, we had, uh, yeah, so we submitted the roster at uh, December 12th, and that was the roster we brought. So, uh, yeah, it worked out. So all the guys were all the guys were still healthy at that point, and they could make the trip with you. Yep, exactly. Wow, we, that's amazing. We, we submitted our roster December 12th, and we made no no changes. So that was that was pretty easy easy that way. Nice. Quinn, looking at... Uh the highlights of your time over in Lake Placid, obviously a silver medal. Did you know anything about the university games going into this? Um, yeah, I actually did. My uh, my billet brother back in um, Topeka, where I played juniors, he uh, played in in 2019 when it was all ACHA guys. He plays at he played at Lindenwood, so I knew of it, but I didn't really know like kind of what to expect really like what kind of players teams were bringing or kind of what the competition would be like but i just kind of i've heard of it before that was about it so did you talk to your buddy when coach loan reached out to you or how, how did you how did the guys get alerted that they were actually on the team yeah we we i mean obviously i told connor and and quinn uh both that we had them you know we had them on their list on our list and you know i was hoping that that they would stay on the list um, so a little incentive to keep playing yeah, well, then, boys. And <laughs> basically, uh, I think coach Taylor sent out an email to all the players just, well, you know, saying congrats. And we wanted to get their verbal commitment, you know, because we didn't want to just put them on the, on the roster and assume they're going to come. Sure. So we had to yeah. get everybody's, uh, you know, verbal commitment and, and then, uh, you know, just, you know, obviously Connor and Quinn are here. So it was easy, easy conversation. And they, those guys were you know, ecstatic and pumped up about it. So, and I'm glad, I'm glad they were because, you know, some players didn't want to go, you know, some coaches didn't allow their players to go. So uh, I think, I think it was great, great for them. Connor, what was that like uh, when coach Lowen approached you and asked you if you'd be willing to represent USA at these games? I mean, it was a big surprise. I just never really, you know, expected to put on a USA Jersey and play for, you know, your country. It's never something that's uh, I thought I'd have the opportunity to do. So uh, when he came up and uh, with the uh, idea that I could possibly be on that team, it was uh, it was pretty special. What was the biggest uh, hurdle at that point? Was it staying healthy or continuing to impress the coach to make sure he kept you on the roster? <laughs> uh, obviously, it's a little bit of both. You want to stay healthy and obviously get the opportunity to go. And uh, obviously, you want to keep playing well, especially with a team here in Eau Claire and then pl- going into the tournament. And, uh, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of that, both as a team and as me individually. So I think it all ended up working out. So speaking about the team, did you guys talk about the the possibility of they're going to miss two to four games right in the middle of your season? You know, you're having a you're having a great year. You know, things are going well, and all of a sudden, two of your top studs are going to be gone for a couple of days, and their coach. So that was that a discussion that you guys had with each other on the on the players and the coaching staff. Uh, I think I'll, I'll give you my take. Uh, you know, I think obviously it's it was a huge honor for myself to 
to be selected on the coaching staff. And I told our team uh, in October uh, when we first started, and I basically told them just let's take care of our our team and our business here, and and you know I'll, I'll we'll worry about that when when the time comes. So uh, there wasn't a lot of discussion about it, uh, but um, you guys could maybe talk a little bit more from a player perspective. Can you talk among your teammates. Um, yeah, you know, you never want to leave like school where you're playing for, you know, this is what you represent where you go to school. But I think our, our team is very deep. So in my head, I knew that with me and Connor leaving that nothing would change really. Everyone would keep playing. We'd get things done. I mean, I think we went three and one while we were gone, which is great. So it all worked out. Next man up philosophy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Connor, you feel the same way? Yeah, exact same way. Good. Perfectly put. Okay, cool. Did you guys, uh, Connor, Quinn, did you guys, um, any of the teammates out in Lake Placid, anybody that you were teammates with in high school or juniors or any adversaries during those times? Uh, there was guys on our team that I played against in juniors. Uh, I think there was probably at least five or six of them that I recognized playing against in, when I was in uh, juniors. But um, I don't think I've ever played with any of them personally, like on the same team or anything like that. But uh, it was nice to see like familiar faces, obviously, because you know you play Three, three years of juniors and you're like, oh, I've, I've seen this guy for years now. And to finally, you know, meet them and get a chance to play with them is pretty cool. So you had a couple guys from your conference, actually. You had some guys from Norbert's on the, on the team with you. You had a guy from River Falls, a guy from Augsburg. So what was that like? You know, you play these guys during the season and now here you are, your teammates. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, you know, playing during the season, you're playing against these guys and you're like, ah, oh, they're good. Like, giving them your best playing against them, but it is it is cool to play with them now because then you know they're really good players. You get to play with really good players, and it just elevates your game. Hate to play against them, but you love to have them on your team. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so later on the season or in the playoffs, and you run into these guys, uh, no kit gloves against these guys, right? You, you're going to hammer <laughs> them in the corner when need be. Oh, no, I mean, you know, maybe between the whistles or something, you might give them a little, you know, little shove and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" or something like that. But obviously, uh, once it once it comes down to game time, you. No, no friends out there. So. Game on. I'm glad to hear that. What helped you guys gel as a team? Because you didn't have a whole lot of prep time out in Lake Placid. What helped you guys gel as a team to get to a silver medal? Um, I think everyone kind of going into it knew what USA has done at the tournament. And I think as D3 players, it it was pretty cool for us to come together knowing that this is something cool that we could really do to place, which is something that's never happened before. So I think that was just kind of our mindset. We want to, we want to make it out of the pool and, and, and represent USA in this, uh, in that tournament uh, really well. And I think we did. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, one of our goals, like as a group was to put uh, division three hockey on the map. Cause I think, you know, at the beginning of the tournament, uh, it was kind of told to us that, uh, you know, everyone was kind of writing us off and there's not a whole lot of belief because uh, you know, Nobody, no, I don't think anybody around the world knows a whole lot about Division Three hockey and like how good it actually is. So, I mean, I think uh, just like he said, uh, belief and knowing that we could medal in that tournament was uh, it brought us close very quickly, which is nice. So, coach, looking at what you did this year compared to what the U.S. has done in the past, give us a little bit of history of how well, if at all, the U.S. has performed in these games. Well, I think I'm. Um, we may need a fact checker, but uh, rumor is is that they only medaled one time. They got the bronze medal, and there was only three teams at the tournament that that year. 
So, and uh, I was told that the USA has never, never went to the medal round before. So uh, that's a little bit of a history um, of the, of the, of the tournament basically. So, you know, obviously just to piggyback on uh, what Quinn and Connor were talking about is, you know, just, you know, getting to the medal round, I think was a huge goal for our coaching staff. Um, and, you know, we could have, we, 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 we talked about two different approaches and I think the approach that we took was the right one. You know, we could have prepared these guys and over prepared these guys before the tournament, you know, had zoom calls with the team, you know, things like that. And we chose not to, we chose to, to play the high, right? Like these guys were excited to be there and, and they're professionals and, you know, they're respectful and, and they were ready to, ready to rock. And honestly, our first practice Sunday, which was probably our best practice. And most, most of the players Sunday had played Friday, Saturday, and traveled all day Sunday. Oh, wow. And then we jumped on the ice Sunday night. I think just being there and being, you know, the adrenaline was just, just kicking and, and, and popping, and, and the boys looked good right from day one. Throwing that USA jersey on had to be a little bit of motivation for you guys too. That's, that's pretty cool being able to represent your country. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I remember... And we left, we left here at like 2 a.m. Sunday morning. And when I dropped my bags, when we got to the uh, Potsdam, it was like 4 or 5 o'clock. And I was like, wow, I, I'm very tired right now. But once we got to the rink and put on our gear and you had, we wore our USA jerseys out there and we were skating around, I, you, know, you forget about it. It was so cool. First time put on a USA jersey. So it was all worth it. Yeah, there's a little extra adrenaline going for that practice for sure. So. I can imagine. Very cool. So we've we've already had a chance to get to know Coach Lone a little bit in, in a previous episode. JC wasn't there for some reason, so I had to take over the reins and do all the work, but it's okay. Yeah, I remember that, Mogi. Yeah, it was a great interview. Probably one of our top ones, don't you think? I would I would think, yes. Yeah, definitely. So let's take a couple minutes to get to know you guys a little bit. Connor, tell us a little bit about growing up. Uh, I, I looked on your hockey DB. It says you're from Colorado, but then it also said you spent a lot of time playing in Texas. Yes. So how were you introduced to hockey, and how did you end up here at UW-Eau Claire? So I was born in Texas, uh, 1999, down in uh, Dallas, and uh, no one actually, no one in my family actually played hockey before, so it was kind of all new to my parents. They said uh, when I was about four or five years old, they took me out to a couple open skates and uh, kind of just went from there. Like I started doing hockey lessons when I was like six or seven, and uh, you know they were all new to it. They didn't really know what to expect, and I, I played a couple other sports growing up too, like baseball and golf, but uh, they just said, you know, as, as the years went on, hockey was always my favorite, so they kept me into it. And then, uh, so I played a couple of years of AAA down in uh, Texas, and then we moved to Colorado, and I believe it was 2011. And then I just, uh, from 2011 on, I played AAA in Colorado up until uh, my 18-year-old year, and then I uh, came to Wisconsin and started playing juniors. So. Played for the Steel in Chippewa Falls. Yep. How was that experience for you? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's a different area coming from Colorado. You know, it's a uh, it's a lot different, but I actually really enjoyed my time there. I had great billets. Uh, loved everybody on the team. I thought I had a good coaching staff, so I, I had a great time there. Cool. All right, uh, and then we've got uh, Quinn. Where did you start playing? Um, yeah, so I was Chicago born and raised. Um, my dad, uh, my dad played hockey. He played at Western Michigan. Um, he played pretty high level, so. He got me into the game as soon as I was old enough to stand up and start putting on some skates. But yeah, I played AAA, um, a couple of different spots, uh, Chicago Mission, Team Illinois, and Chicago Fury, um, all the way from squirts through midgets. And then 
ended up in uh Topeka, Kansas playing playing juniors. That was uh that was a really fun experience. I loved it down there. Uh great coaching staff, uh even better teammates, lifelong friends I made. So yeah. How'd you end up here at UW yeah. Eau Claire? Right, yeah. Um, well, after my last year of juniors, I was pretty undecided on what I was going to do, whether it was going to be division one or division three. And, uh, I was actually talking with coach loan, um, that this would have been where I was going to come if I didn't play division one, but I ended up playing division one, uh, my freshman year. And then, uh, right as the team went down after that year, I, I knew I was coming to Eau Claire. Uh, cousin played here, uh, Sam Martell, one of my best friends from Chicago played here. They had nothing but great things to say about the program. So it was a pretty easy decision for me to come here all right we're going to take a second to shout out our sponsors riverside bike and skate eau claire's hockey headquarters which is the oldest hockey store in the state of wisconsin buy hockey gear from the people that play and know the game riverside bike and skate and also hertel law the law firm you want on your side focusing on criminal defense and personal injury harry hertel has been obtaining results for clients in the chippewa valley since 1981 when you need legal help if injured or accused of a crime Call 715-832-4330 for a free in-person consultation. So you guys have pretty much been lifelong hockey players, which is, which is awesome. And you're playing the game you love still in college. So when you were growing up, who were your favorite players and, and who do you feel you patterned your game after? Um, the guy I watched most growing up, uh, I've been a lifelong Avalanche fan, I'll say that first of all. But uh, the guy that I watched most growing up was Sidney Crosby. You know, it's a pretty popular answer, but, uh, you know, just the way that he sees the game and plays, plays the game of hockey is pretty mesmerizing. And, uh, you know, I try to emulate my game a little bit like him and, you know, how good he is with the puck, you know, the plays he makes, that type of stuff. But uh, I'd say, yeah, that was my hockey idol growing up with Sidney Crosby. Not a bad call at all. No. <laughs> Quinn? Um, so even though I'm from Chicago, my dad's from Detroit, so I grew up watching – Detroit sports my whole life so I'm a a big Detroit sports fan but I loved watching uh Pavel Datsuk when he uh oh. when he played he was so good with the puck so smart really high hockey IQ so those are just some of the things that I'd watch him do that I would try to take into my game play smart make good decisions with the puck and stuff like that can hardly tell you're a Red Wings fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Team USA and Detroit Red Wings. There you Here go, baby. <laughs> I don't know if we touched on it. What position do you guys play? Uh, left wing. Center. Coach, when you were putting together this team with your coaching staff, what stood out about these two players that you decided that they were the ones that you wanted to bring to Lake Placid? Well, I think, obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the start that they had, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, two, two things come to mind. So we went to St. Norbert and, uh, Mike Skazinski Scudder was at the game. Uh, so, and he, he reiterated that, you know, Connor and Quinn are, are guys that we should have on our list. So that really helped me. Obviously I'm biased. I want to take one or two of our guys, um, you know, and then obviously the anxiety too of, of getting to the tournament and, uh, you know, wondering if I was right, you know, is, you know, uh, you know, are Connor and Quinn going to represent us? Are people going to laugh at us? Cause, we, cause I brought these two clowns with me. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, I think, I think I was just, you know, 
a week into it, I was I felt I felt really really good about our decision, and Connor and Quinn represented UW Eau Claire in a, in the best way, and and it was they fit you know they fit right in, and we're top guys on on our team, so it, it really made me feel good about uh, you know our our decision to bring them, um, you know, but I think basically you know that you know there were a few guys on on our team that I had in mind, you know, but Quinn and Connor were were always there, and and with the with the way they were playing at the time. And I think that's kind of how we were building our team is, you know, who's playing good hockey at, at, at the time, you know, that were, that were easy, easy decisions. Did you have input on other players that were going? Yes. Yeah. All of them. So I actually watched, watched quite a few Eastern players and games on online to, you know, so I could, you know, evaluate them with our staff. Uh, you know, Scudder's not working right now. So he's, He's he was watching a ton of games, goalies, uh, you know, players from the East, and you know, Jack and and Mark were, you know, they've been in the league, you know, for a long time out East, so they knew the players. So it was nice to to watch some of the players, uh, you know, from the East and and kind of evaluate, you know, how they were. Obviously, the Western guys I knew. Skinner was on our list from day one. Uh, you know, Brendan Mark and McChesney from St. Norbert. And I knew Ruffin from Adrian. I rec- I tried to get him to come to Eau Claire. So he's, he's a really good player there. Uh, so, you know, that was, uh, you know, so yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was watching games and discussing and talking and, you know, seeing who we, who we could, uh, who we could bring in. But it was interesting. We, uh, we didn't have that many left-handed players uh, in the forward group. So, <laughs> We were like, we only brought four lefties, <laughs> so, you know, just thinking like power plays and, and things like that, you, you know, come into play with, with what hand you are, but it, it obviously worked out. So as a Western guy, it must've been interesting for you to be scouting in the East. I mean, you're obviously during the season, you're focused on your team and who you're playing, but you had to take some extra time and, and take a look at these other guys. Did, did you, yeah. I mean, did that help you at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Usually Sundays I would watch, you know, guys, uh, you know, we have, we have in stats, so they have the ability to kind of search players and you could narrow their shifts down and make it, make it a little easier. But, um, yeah, usually like the Sundays in October and November, I was watching, you know, guys that we thought, you know, cause we, we created a pretty large list from the start, you know, maybe 50 guys, 40, 45 guys. And then we, I just watched the Eastern guys. Cause I, I kind of knew the West, I know the Western guys. So I, kind of was comfortable with that. So just wanted to make sure that those guys were, uh, you know, had an opinion on, on, on the Eastern players as well. Sure. That's your second time heading out East, uh, Lake Placid, obviously the first time you come home with a national championship trophy, this time a silver medal. Were they, is one just as important as the other? Did you feel accomplished coming back with that silver medal? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, one thing we mentioned, uh, out, out there this year was the foundation of, of hopefully, uh, you know, continuing the, the D3, uh, all-star team in the world university games, you know, for, for the next time. So we wanted to, to make a statement that way. And obviously in 2013, you know, we wanted to set the foundation of our program to, to make a statement there. So I think both, both experiences obviously were, were awesome. Uh, and, and we and we did what we were out to accomplish. If I can just kind of piggyback on that a little bit, it's a little further down my list, but I, I really wanted to get to this 
Guys, this is going to be focused for really the questions coming up for YouTube, but I'm going to pump Coach Lone's tires for, for quite a while here, so if you need to get a little nap here, this is your chance. <laughs> Coach Lone is in his 16th season at UW-Eau Claire with uh, probably close to 200 wins, 117 losses, and two ties record. He's the winningest coach in the program history. He's won numerous Coach of the Year awards, including the D3 National Coach of the Year in 2013 when his Blue Golds won the national championship. How much did having him as your coach contribute to you agreeing to come and play for his Blue Golds? Uh, I think, uh, so when I was still in juniors, um, I actually did a little visit here with Coach Lowen, uh, me and a couple other guys on the steel team. And, uh, you know, he was showing me the campus and I got to meet him for the first time. And I was like, you know, this, if D3 were to be an option for me, I think this would be a great place to be. Obviously knowing the history of, you know, this place always wins, uh, great coach, great, always known for just, uh, just a great atmosphere and uh so i think uh having coach having coach loan as an option when i was entered the transfer portal after my uh, freshman year um it was a pretty easy decision for me especially since i knew the area and uh, i kind of knew what i was getting myself into here um with uh coach loan as the uh, coach obviously it was uh it was an easy decision for me that's that's uh that's Quinn and Connor saying it was an easy decision for them to come here. I wish I would have known that back then <laughs> because I had a lot of sleepless nights when they didn't return my phone call thinking if they were going to come here or not. Now, are you both transfers from other schools? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Quinn, why did you make the transfer? Um. Well, I was at Alabama Huntsville my freshman year. And uh, after that year, the, uh, the WCHA, which was um, turned into the CCHA now, and that was when they eliminated Huntsville and two of the Alaska teams out of the division. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why I think travel was maybe the main one. But, yeah, so uh, the plan was to go independent. Um, the school shut that down and said uh, there's no team uh, until you find a conference. So I didn't really have a choice uh, but other than to go into the transfer portal. And, um, you know, I kind of, a couple calls from other different schools kind of waited a little bit, but I knew that, uh, if I was going to come play D3, it was here. It was, that was a, that was an easy one, uh, fielding calls from other coaches, you know, it didn't, didn't really, didn't matter. I mean, I knew I was coming here as soon as I, uh, that division one door closed. So that was an easy one. Connor, how about you? Uh, so I played my freshman year at Long Island university. It was a first year program. So, um, I mean, I had a good experience my first year there and, uh, you know, once the season was over, it was, I kind of just talking with the coaching staff. Uh, it was, I thought it was the best uh, that I move on to explore other options. And so I spent, uh, about a month, I'd say about a month in the transfer portal there, just kind of fielding my options for if there's going to be any more division one, or if I was, uh, just going to go to division three. And, uh, as soon as, uh, I say the division one door closed, uh, I gave Coach Loner a call, and uh, you know I talked to a couple guys that were on the team right now, and I said I'm pretty sure this is where I want to be. So, cool, well, good choice, guys. We're happy you're here. Yeah, I'm sure Coach is happy you're here. <laughs> gave him a few gray hairs the way it looked, so. <laughs> right? Sleepless nights, no big deal. Coach, we I don't think we talked about how many teams were actually at this tournament, and um, can you give us an idea of what countries were represented? Yeah, we had uh, twelve. There was twelve teams there, so we had two pools. Uh, 16 pool. We played uh, our pool games at Shield Arena, which is the home of Clarkson. And then uh, the other six were at Potsdam. Uh, so, but we had uh, what Kazakhstan, Slovakia, Great Britain, and 
Korea in our pool, and then what Canada, Japan, uh, Czech, Czech Republic, Sweden, Sweden in the other pool. So, like so, that, yeah. and you, you, there's one. Are we missing one? I uh, we had Hungary in our. Pool. Oh yeah, Hungary Ooh, too. Yeah. Hungary. Yep. You mentioned um, at the point where the U.S. Place third out of three teams, and I'm, I'm not belaboring that point, but I'm thinking. So you've gone from that now. You're at twelve. Do you see this maybe growing? More countries. I I, I don't know the answer to that, Mogi. I think it's based on uh, you know who's who's signing up to come to do it. Fi- I'm sure finances has something to do with do with it. Um, you know, location, uh, things like that. I'm I'm pretty sure that you know that that comes into play. I think. The opportunity to play at Lake Placid probably was, uh, you know, pretty a pretty cool experience. So that, uh, you know, it probably attracted other countries to to come and do that. So I, I I don't know the answer to that, but hopefully, I mean, obviously, twelve teams was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of hockey in two weeks, but uh, you know, it was, it was fun to fun to get to experience the other country's style and how they play and you know some things that they do and they don't do. So now that you've been through this experience, is there any talk about the possibility of maybe scheduling around it in the D3 level in the future so your guys don't have to miss any games? Well, I think that that that's kind of yet to be determined. Uh, I think that's something that we would love to pursue is to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. You know, have like a, a 10, uh, 10 year or 20 year commitment, you know, so then D3 hockey can sit back and say, hey, we're going to have, uh, you know, we can move our league games. You know, we it's fine if you miss a couple non-conference games with your top players, but, you know, we had Superior during the medal round, uh, for example. Um, you know, that would be, it would be kind of nice to have the ability to to not have a league game during during the World University game so we could schedule, schedule around that, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, on the flip side, I think the big picture is, is these guys had a great experience. Uh, I had a great experience, so if we miss a couple league games, it's not that big of a deal. But I know that there were some rumblings with coaches saying that we have conference games that week. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, do I want to give my best player up? Yeah. You know what I mean? So sure. But I think the experience, and I think the, the, you know, what happened there now, other players are probably jealous, and and they'll they'll want to go next time. So every two years, the next time it's going to be in in Italy, and I believe you guys will be seniors at that time. So. Are you already packing your bags for the next trip? Nope. They they won't. They won't. Sorry, sorry, Mogi, to cut you off, but they won't qualify because they already went once. Well, they'll be they'll be gone. Oh, I'm so. sorry. I thought you guys were going to be. <laughs> oh, here right, well, maybe they'll be seniors next year. Maybe so. you'll be with the coaching staff, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Assistant coaches. We'll get you on the plane somehow, boys. <laughs> That'd be awesome, Connor. How many games did you guys have to play uh, to get to the medal round? Uh, so there was five preliminary round games. Um, and then two, obviously the two medal games. So seven total, five in the prelims. So what was your record going into the medal round? I'll be your four and one. Four and one. Yeah. And did you guys, did you feel comfortable going into that medal round that you were, you guys were going to be able to produce and come out with a medal for certain and, you know, and then the silver on well, top of it? I think I, coming out of the prelims, uh, you know, we were four and one and we were building more and more confidence as a team every single game. So I think once we got to that semifinal game, we were, you know, pretty confident as a group that uh, we could get the job done and obviously get to that gold medal game. And obviously we did that. But uh, yeah, like I said, every single game, especially after our loss to Slovakia, I think uh, 
we came back together as a group and said, you know, we're here for a reason and uh, we, we can get the job done. So uh, the belief, the belief continued and uh, obviously we got to that gold medal game, which was huge. Take a second here to give a shout out to Raleigh's Coach Club in Altoona, Wisconsin, located across the street from the Altoona Ice Center on Spooner Avenue, which has been a staple in the Altoona community for decades, providing support and sponsorship for youth and adult sports. Raleigh's has your favorite beverage ready and your favorite team on the screen. And State Farm Insurance, for all your family's insurance needs, you see one of the well-qualified Flag Brothers at State Farm. Jeff and Chippewa Falls, Ryan and Eau Claire, or Quinn or Rolf, both located in Duluth, Minnesota, who are all hockey fanatics and still play the game. You know, other than that buzzsaw that you guys kind of ran into in the preliminary round, um, who was your toughest competitor in that preliminary round? Guys that you really had to grind it out against. Um, I would say Kazakhstan was probably the... uh toughest competition we played against even though we beat them and we lost slovakia i didn't think uh we had our best game against slovakia but against kazakhstan uh we brought our best and they were a really good team they were big they were physical fast so you know we knew we had to uh have our best that game if we wanted to win you know coach you were ranked sixth going into this tournament uh, if i if i remember correctly and then you come out with the silver medal how did you get these guys pumped up enough to set that aside and say, you know what, we're not a six-ranked team. We're a top-tier team, and we're going to make it here to the medal round? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as as I spoke before, I think just hopefully riding the high of, of being there and wearing the Team USA jersey, I think for the guys is, you know, the adrenaline and, and, and the push. And I think the biggest thing, the the motivation, uh, you know, from my, my end was – you know, the foundation, just laying the foundation. You know, they were the first team to do this, uh, D3, all-star team to do this. Um, you know, let's let's put a good showing on and, and lay that foundation so we can build this for, for years to come. And you certainly did. Um, if you uh, look back, I'm talking to Quinn and Connor here, was there a particular player on the ice that got under your skin at all that you just wanted to get out on the next shift so you could just knock a little sense into him? Um, I don't think there was one particular player. I mean, when we were playing Slovakia, I remember, you know, it was kind of, I'd say it was a, our most frustrating game when we were out there. There was, you know, certain guys that, you know, you're sitting at the face-off, you're sitting at this face-off, now you're just like, uh, I need to I need to make something happen in this game right now try to turn the tide so you're maybe looking at the guy next to you a little a little more dirty than you might normally would but uh i don't know if there was one, i don't know if there's one particular like player i'd say that you know how, how about the guy you tried to fight oh was that the hungry game the last, yeah we were, well, well that guy we too <laughs> yeah i was like uh it was late in the i think it was was it in the second or third period or whatever in the hungry yeah. game there was uh i was going to the net and this guy in, on hungry just kind of shoved a stick right in my face and i don't know i guess i was i think i just scored like a little bit ago and i was kind of riding a high so I, I i went right back after him and i got i think we got matching minors or whatever but uh other than that, wasn't nothing wrong with else. that. You got to stick up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sure. That's hockey. Yeah, that's hockey. Yeah. Stand your ground. Quinn Quinn probably hated everyone he played against. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it goes for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a big chip on your shoulder. <laughs> oh, every time. Doesn't matter who you're playing against. <laughs> cool. So let's talk about a little bit uh, when you played in the uh, North America Hockey League, boys. How did how did that league prepare you for college hockey? 
Um, yeah. So when I after going from midget uh midget major to uh the null, that was a pretty big gap for me uh personally, just because I've always was a little bit on the smaller side growing up. So when I got to the 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 North American League, uh especially playing in the South Division, there's a lot of guys that are big guys, strong, you know, a lot of 20, 20 year on 21 year olds. So uh playing against bigger, stronger guys than I was and trying to figure out a way that I could still produce was kind of the biggest uh, takeaway I got that uh, kind of helped me elevate my game going into college. How about you, Connor? Um, I think obviously the Nall is a nationally recognized league as being very good and uh, prepares, pr- produces guys in obviously division one and the division three level. And, uh, you know, every single year, I feel like that league gets more and more competitive as the, they bring better and better players in there. So, I mean, if you're uh, if you're a guy looking to play, you know, division one hockey or even high, high end uh, division three, it's a, it's definitely the place to be. So let's go back to the tournament gold medal game against Canada coach. Looking back at that game, is there anything that you and the coaching staff talked about after the game that you might've done differently? Well, it's, it's hard. Cause I think we took, I think, you know, the first period I felt like we were kind of, kind of maybe starstruck with the crowd and Lake Placid and her Brooks arena and, the way it was and kind of just maybe maybe not really into it but second period i thought we were here we go it's going to be a game and then got got into penalty trouble and that's something that you can't can't change right so uh well i guess if i could change anything i would say don't take that many penalties uh, so <laughs> typical think, coach eh? <laughs> yeah yeah that, that 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 hurt our momentum i thought we had some momentum going in we had a two-on-one that we just missed uh that that could have tied or uh make it a one goal game you know that could have changed the outlook of the game and then we got in a little penalty trouble and then got behind the eight ball so i mean it's it's a tough uh it's a tough tough way way to say it but i think the truth hurts and uh you know if we could have stayed out of the penalty box i think that game could have been different and i think the guys know that too you know you're in the box and they score and it's kind of obvious what happened right yeah, yeah, exactly. Our two goals was were three, three versus five, and five versus three. So, uh, you know, that's that's it's kind of a weird way to to get a couple goals. But so, so let's talk about that uh, that arena. I, I was doing the research and I saw that both the guys here were born in 1999. Okay, 19 years after the miracle on ice. Coach Lone was actually seven years old at the time of the Miracle on Ice. I'm Why are you thinking, laughing, Because uh, I was a little older than that, maybe. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts of playing the championship game in the same rink where the U.S. won the gold medal in 80 and the Blue Golds won the national championship in 2013? Um, well, you know, you grew up watching the Miracle movie, so, you know, everyone knows what happened in that rink, how special that was uh, for the United States and just for the game of hockey in the U.S., but... Um, that was unbelievable for me, uh, personally, I, I've, I can't even count how many times I've seen that movie growing up. So, you know, to be on that same ice playing in front of, you know, a sold out crowd in a a gold medal game was probably the coolest experience of my life so far. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Piggybacking off that. I mean, just to have the chance to wear the USA Jersey at a venue like that is something that, you know, you're never going to forget. It's, you know, when you come out on the ice, U.S. versus Canada, gold medal game. I mean, it, the, the script's all there. And then uh, obviously just having the knowledge of what what took place there. Uh, one of the biggest moments in sports history, in my opinion. So it's uh, it's pretty special, for sure. I think, I think too, like it's cliche, but, 
you know, one thing that we haven't spoke about is, you know, all the troops and soldiers that, that gave us a freedom to live in this country, right? That's kind of what come to mind, comes to my mind, you know, like you don't, you see it international and you hear people say it, and but now you're like, wow, that is pretty cool that we get to do this. And, and, and one, one other thing too is, you know, I, I used to do the USA chants, but we received the USA chants and that was, that was really a neat, oh. neat experience. Goosebumps, goosebumps, oh, guys. hundred yeah, percent. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What would you say was the highlight of the trip? Connor? I mean, it's, it's hard to say that the gold medal game is not the highlight of the trip just because, you know, like I said, the script's all there. You see everything that, you know, as a hockey player, especially living in the United States, playing against Canada in a gold medal game at a venue like that is, is something that's pretty surreal. That's, you know, something you only dream about, I guess. So, I mean, I think that's definitely the highlight for me. Um, yeah, the gold medal game was for sure the highlight for me. Um, sold out crowd, 8,000 people playing in Lake Placid where, you know, history was made for hockey. Um, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't get better than that. So you guys both mentioned your parents as being instrumental in getting you to play the game. Your dad at Western Michigan, Quinn, you know, probably had skates on you right when you came out of the womb for crying out loud. (laughs) Connor, your parents had no hockey affiliation whatsoever, but they knew that that was probably something that uh, you could benefit from. So, here you are, you know, you're playing at a great university and a great program. You just had a wonderful experience at the World University Games. Is there somebody that, who's the most influential person that if you had an opportunity to thank them saying, you know, without you, I wouldn't be here right now. Is there anybody that you want to kind of give a shout out to and kind of let them know how thankful you are? Um, I mean, I'm probably going to go with a little cliche answer here and say my, my father. Um, just, you know, hockey's... Uh, as you guys probably know, is a, has its lowest lows and its highest highs. And, uh, you know, I've had some pretty low lows in my hockey career of not knowing, oh, if I'm going to continue playing. I think uh, a size was always a big uh, disadvantage for me. I'm, you know, I'm only 5'7". Five, five, and so, you know, there's, there's times in my career where I got uh, pretty discouraged and, uh, you know, may, maybe thought that it's time to try something else. But uh, my father was always the one to say, you know what, if this is what you love, you got to continue to do it. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for him. So, uh, yeah, I, I owe it all to my parents. Um, my dad playing hockey, you know, he obviously wanted me to be a hockey player. Um, and my mom was there every step of the way. She, you know, she saw, I love the game. He saw, I love the game. And they want me to, to just play and do what I love to do. So, I mean, for all the trips and, you know, the money spent on equipment, you know, even just playing, you know, for them to just, give a lot of their time up for me to be able to do that and do what I love to do is, I mean, you owe it all to them. Coach, I got one more question for you going back to the gold medal game. You touched on uh, Canada having some guys that had formerly played pro. You know, you go out there, Team USA is, you know, strictly D3 hockey players, some D1 transfers, and you're going up against a Canadian team. How how is that – how are they able to do that? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, Canadian kids that were drafted. Um, and, you know, they were 18 years old, so uh, people make mistakes. So they were probably, uh, you know, didn't, didn't make it in the, in the pro level. So they went back to school. And U Sports, uh, which is, uh, you know, huge in Canada for, for college, um, you know, they, they allow major junior players. They allow... 
uh, you know, anyone to play on their teams. So we, there was a, there was a guy on their team that had six, six games in the American hockey league. So, um, as long as they're in college and pursuing a degree, uh, they qualify they for the world university games. So, and it could, they're, 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 uh, their major could be tourism. You know? so, <laughs> we saw a lot of that on gotta, the rosters. Gotta have that, so, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, obviously a great experience for, for team USA and division three hockey. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it was, it was fun to play against team Canada. Obviously they were, had a really good team and, uh, I think, I think the outcome could have been different. Uh, but, uh, it is what it is. It's all about the experience. So last, Michael, last question for you, coach is, uh, you had the 2013 national championship and, and I don't want to bring up bad memories, but the 2019, 2020 season. 22 wins, four losses, two ties, and COVID rears its ugly head, and you didn't get to go to the tournament. Do you see any connections between your 2013 team, your 2020 team, and the team you have this year? Well, I see. I think I think the team we have this year is yet to be determined because, you know, I think both the 20 team and the 13 team were playing their best hockey at the end. Uh, I felt I really had a really good feeling about the 1920 season. That team was, was playing really, really well. Uh, the seniors bought in and they were, Jake Bresser was on a mission, uh, you know, another Eau Claire boy and, you know, for, for COVID to come in and, and do that to us, you know, looking at it now, it, 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 it sucks, but I guess, you know, everyone shut down and we panicked and, it is what it is. We can't change it. But I think that that was another uh, could have been another national championship for the Blue Golds. Um, but you know, hopefully, uh, in due time here with our team this year, uh, you know, we got four games to to shore up our, our season here and and get her going for a, a strong playoff playoff rush. And you're making a strong push right now. So let's yeah, we hope, are. Hope yep. you continue the rest of the way, Coach. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, guys. Quinn, Connor, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. We appreciate the fact you took the time after a long journey out east, now back in uh, studies, and now the coach is going to ride you hard, uh, make this push at the end of the season here. And regardless of how this season ends, we certainly hope that your career is extended in some format. Mogi? Yeah, we're, we're so proud just to have you guys as Blue Golds and then to uh, represent us as, as United States hockey players. That's really cool. And the fact that you took some time to spend with us and Coach Lone, also thank you for, for that. That's cool. It's just another dimension, uh, another story that we get to share with the people that listen to our podcast. And, I, and I'm sure they're going to like this one. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Thank you for having us yeah, on. Thank you for having yeah, us on. Thank guys. you. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks thank for showing up, JC. <laughs> You're welcome, Coach. And I think this one was probably a better interview than the one Mogi did alone. Yeah, we'll let we'll let the fans be the judges. Maybe just because there were a couple extra guys helping out Loner here, maybe that why that would help. But anyways, thank you to our featured guests, Coach Lone, Connor Schmuel, and Quentin Green. And a huge thanks to our audience. Special thank you to our sponsors, State Farm Insurance. Hertel Law, Raleigh's Coach Club, Riverside Bike and Skate, and Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter and visit us on our website at thebreakoutsessions.com. And as always, folks, remember, until our next episode, stay on your inside edges. Yeah.